Hello, everyone. Welcome to Neon Genesis Evangelio, our watch slash rewatch of the iconic 1995 sci-fi mecha anime classic Neon Genesis Evangelion. I, oh, you know what? I forgot the pilgrimage to Mecca already, G. You keep forgetting the name brand awareness. This is why my it. client keeps sending these angry faxes, you know, to I, the glory I got of it I got it right one out of four times so far. We'll see if I can up my percentage. <laughs> we'll see if I can up my percentage by the end of this. But uh, well, look, man. As long as the percentages percentages don't drop to point zero 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 one percent, you know, by the end of this podcast, you know, I, I mean, those uh, seem to work every time. So you know, yeah. I think it'll work out. You that know, gives million, me a million to one chances work ten nine times out of ten. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's basically actually. Math. That actually gives me a lot of leeway then, so I think we're good. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm your host, Jell, and we've got the usual crew assembled today. We've got Iroh. Still here. I've Still not here. yet been, uh, I don't know, I've not yet evacuated Tokyo 3. There you go. I, I see. I need more clever intros here for uh, for the. Uh, yeah, I was. I was literally about to make a joke about Eero still workshopping his uh, his clever, <laughs> personable <laughs> intro, but uh, how just gonna trying to hit all three podcasts? Is she talking to me about that? I see. Look, I'm just, has it really been all three podcasts? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> Look. <laughs> I, hey, I'm the, just I'm because the, I, I put some effort into my intro doesn't mean that I, I'm necessarily expecting everybody else to. You know, I'm just I'm just commenting on it. I have no freedom of speech considering I'm the guy that has named posts the roundup or the wrap up or the Glorio chat or the first so, looks or first look. Yes, uh, so yes, very very original. <laughs> uh, anyway, before I dive into my marketing strategies uh let's let's move along to talk about our three episodes of this week we're covering episodes 10 through 12 which kind of reaches the climax of what the the creators considered the action arc uh and uh you know some some good some good stuff in here yeah yeah Uh, definitely as far as uh you know we can just kind of dive right into it, kicking things off with episode 10, which is Magma Diver. This is kind of the last episode in the the Asuka intro arc. So she kind of gets one more episode that's a bit more focused on her. And, uh, you know, it kicks off with uh, Asuka being excited about going on the school trip. Right. It's yeah. the kind of vibe of the episode, at least starting off, is kind of a... Kind of a summer summer vacation vibe, like people are just kind of chilling out. You know, you have this dude just kind of air guitaring in Nerve HQ, just like yeah. people are. You know, they're 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 chilling, they're they're relaxing. I guess they haven't. You know, I guess the fate of humanity has not been threatened in the last week or so. So everybody is breathing ever so slightly easier. To yeah, guess. it's kind of Evangelion's take on the summer vacation episode. No, but Asuka's not allowed to go on summer vacation. Yes. Because the Ava units are on standby. Yes. yes. She abruptly gets the news that her and Shinji and Rei cannot go on the school trip because they need to be there in case the angels attack again. I mean, that tracks. I feel like, you know, when you when you got three robots and only three, you know, applicable pilots, like, 
you don't have help. a lot of leeway. You know, there, there are there are no vacations on this job. Exactly, especially talk- when uh, I feel like angels are. The angels in this show, maybe, you know, I'm just beginning to get that feeling 12 episodes, only 12 episodes in, but angels seem like they are prominently and purposely designed to show up at the worst possible moment. <laughs> seems to be their MO, so. Yes, uh, although I guess I guess this episode might be a bit of an exception, as we'll get into, but um, anyway, on top of the school trip being canceled... Uh, Masato has also seen Asuka and Shinji's report cards, so they might not have oh, been going no. anywhere anyway. So bad. <laughs> you know, they're. I guess they're. They've been so busy uh, trying to save the world or whatever that maybe studying has not been a priority. But uh, it, combining those two things together, they we kind of get a two for one package deal where uh, <laughs> Asuka still gets to go diving like she wanted to, but it's got to be at the nerve pool or. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we kind of, we, we move into a scene where they're kind of hanging out there. And of course, Shinji is studying like a nerd at the pool while the girls are swimming. He would. <laughs> Cause you know, he's got a, he's got a, I mean, uh, on his giant laptop. Yes. Learning about thermal expansion. Yes. 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 Lots of, <laughs> lots of focus on thermal expansion. Uh, so, yes. So th- this is kind of, um, and and this this kind of comes up in the platinum notes, but you we can kind of piece this together ourselves. The, there's a couple of like really like classic old school mecha anime type of uh, things going on here. Oh yeah, uh, I'm surprised last week's next time did not say next week Shinji Kari dies in magma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it, we 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 get the setup for it here with. Uh, Asuka's annoyed that Shinji is studying, of course, is because everything Shinji does annoys Asuka. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, I, I I feel like look, I I I will be echoing this se- the sentiment this entire podcast, but <laughs> I feel like I have written down at least six times in my notes across these three episodes. Either what is Asuka's problem, or Jesus Christ, chill out, Asuka. So, uh... like I. I don't. What is her fucking like? I mean, here's the thing. okay. I, like on a meta level, I get what her deal is, but like in show, like what is her fucking deal? Like she berates Shinji for being too passive. Then she berates him any time he shows something resembling a spine. She she berates him when he's competent. She berates him when he's incompetent. She berates him when he says something dumb. She berates him when he says something smart. Like what? I mean, it, it, what the fuck I mean, is her deal? <laughs> That basically boils down to he's the only one that's like not impressed with her or like doesn't pay any attention to her or like the level of attention that she wants. Because like, I mean, like you say that, but I feel like there are, we have been shown multiple times that there are characters that totally just fucking no show Asuka's bullshit. Like you know, Misato doesn't play along. You know, like Shinji's classmates clearly, you know don't buy into her bullshit or at least they have you know the standard anime antagonist relationship with her you know like there are plenty of people who who you know do not drink the asuka kool-aid but for some reason shinji is the one who is just on the receiving a receiving end of whatever the fuck her major damage is i mean you know i I, they're probably reasons you could come up with why she wants Shinji's attention, whether it's him being yes, a yes, pilot, so 
or him being the only boy her age within striking distance. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> you, you kind of see that a little bit in this scene because like she's basically stop studying you idiot and watch me backflip into the pool. Right, like she clearly wants Shinji's attention, but like, I don't know, man, just fucking, please well, if you chill recall out. a few episodes ago when we talked about the hedgehog's dilemma. Yes, yes, of Christ. <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, this is like some, this is the most fucking only blatant, like, like pro <laughs> wrestling story booking I've ever seen. Where like they you know fucking if 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 Neon Genesis Evangelion was a wrestling promotion, like Shinji is introduced as like the baby face that like every you're supposed to want to root for, but like makes such a god awful first impression, like that the crowd immediately turns against him, and so like as a result they fucking resort to introducing a new heel character who is somehow so abrasive. And, and and genuinely unlikable that it it forces the audience to to somehow start to root for Shinji because somehow that's what I'm doing now because <laughs> I'm just like Christ like fucking leave the poor boy alone like he's just he's got he's working through a lot right now. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a very specific reference, but I don't want to get too much into pro wrestling on this podcast. <laughs> No, no. If if Zig's not here, then we'll we, we uh, just leave it at that. So. Yeah, it is. It is funny that they make the you know the big uh, right. thermal expansion point here, uh, but right. She also doesn't ask him to uh, like, hey, look at me diving until she catches him like ogling Ray. Yes. Yeah. That's true yeah. Too. Definitely got her jealous streak as well. Uh, yes. One quick brief aside I wanted to bring up that has nothing really to do with the plot or even our current conversation, but like when Asuka is complaining about like not going on the school trip, I love that Masato just like you know, <laughs> back in my day we didn't have school trips. You oh know, with yes. The subtext being we were too busy dying. <laughs> we'll we'll, yes. we'll we'll get into that by episode twelve, I'm sure. Uh, yes. I also did like here. Uh... When we were watching G, and uh, Misato brings up Asuka's bad grades, and you were you instantly said like, "Oh, concerning Asuka's character, I'm surprised she's not an anime super genius." Yes, and then I immediately see. in the pool scene, they explain that Asuka's in fact an anime super genius. Of course, right? Uh, was graduated university age fourteen, but, but she just doesn't know the kanji. Yes, is just can't read the kanji apparently. So that shit's complicated. Which no, I totally uh, get it, but which which I mean, if if you want to get technical, makes me wonder why she's still going to school. But I don't know. That's uh, <laughs> details, I right? Don't know. Nothing else to do. I don't know. Kind of reminds me of uh, something, something normal life. Something yeah, probably. Normal. I mean, who the fuck else is she gonna hang out in fucking Tokyo Three? The place is a goddamn ghost town. No, that's just me. You hang out with a dude. You gonna hang out with a dude fucking air guitaring in Nerve HQ? Yeah, like, well, that's too that right. dude. That dude is clearly a fucking loser. So. <laughs> anyway, yes. He might be my favorite of the bridge bunnies. So, so of course, Asuka is a super genius, and she helps uh, Shinji studying by learning about thermal expansion. Yes, which, they keep uh, hammering home the point. Yeah, yeah so I'll say but, thermal expansion a few more times. Yes. Jell? Yes, thermal expansion is, a, is a, an important thermal uh, expansion. Thermal expansion. Yes, important, okay, now, important we point, now that we've drilled that into her head. 
we can move along. And, uh, you know, we find out that the next angel has been discovered before it attacks in, yes. in a, I guess, embryonic state buried somewhere in a whole lot of lava. It looks like the fucking core of the planet, like just yeah. hanging out in the magma, just like it ain't no fucking thing. I guess brings up the question of where exactly they come from, like where do they appear from? But yes, because like I, you know, look, I'm sure the show either explains it or never explains it. I don't really <laughs> fucking care either way. But I, I'd always assume that the, the angels followed a somewhat reliable logic of like interdimensional creatures, you know, maybe a portal or some shit, but. This one, like, right, it's like, and they usually come through or show up fully formed, right? Like, they're usually, like, right. already good to go. As far ready as I to, remember, they just appear. Right, ready to fuck some shit up. But this one is just like, nah, son, I'm gonna chill out in the magma first. And yeah, I, I do know. like that they describe this one specifically as, oh no, if we don't stop this one humanity is all doomed <laughs> as if humanity is not doomed every fucking time an angel shows up yes yes um yeah i, I don't think they they've appeared consistently because like later on in 12 that one like just appears in space right and then drops down yeah so yeah i mean whatever but yeah so this one though they have found while well, it's still in you know it's embryonic state and they decide maybe now's the time to go on the offensive. Hell yeah. So they call uh, an order a 17 here to uh, basically try and capture it. And if they can't capture it, the plan is to destroy it. And so Asuka, this is usual. Yes. Yes. So, you know, Asuka basically volunteers for this because she wants to, you know, show off and whatnot as always. Until, of course, she finds out that her Evangelion has to wear the Type-D equipment, which is... All right. New toys. <laughs> new, new toys, yes. I was going to say, if, in, in case you all... In case people still are still out there arguing that Evangelion is not a mecha anime, here we go. New gear to sell new figurines. I mean, did the kids really want to buy the Type-D equipment, though? Which is basically... I, I don't think... I mean, I'm most plenty of people don't... wanted to buy Fatsu Asuka. Right. I, right, I th- I th- I'm more commenting on. I don't think that like even yelling the show itself actually ever intended to sell like, you know, unit two with D type equipment. But it more is a comment on you know just the conventions of the genre itself, you where like upgrades, you know, yeah. upgrades are introduced because like it is you know visually the most natural way to show progression for a mech, mm-hmm. and B yes, just kind of those roots in you know selling toys but uh, but yes so as the season upgrade for time for unit two yes as Erop commented uh they are as i wrote in my notes they are truly committed to this oscar fat suit bit in this episode <laughs> you know it kind of reminded me of because it, it's funny that like type that that unit two actually gets like a suit or whatever with oscar they just blow her up into a balloon um yes <laughs> it kind of I mean, maybe this is just me. It, it kind of reminded me of like Willy Wonka with the. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like okay, yes, I see. What you're and, and you know, Oscar being the spoiled brat, and right, right. Yeah, uh, that Violet tracks Beauregard. pretty well. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Asuka would do... If Asuka had gotten one of the golden tickets, I think she would have done horribly. In fact, I, I would be I would be willing to go as far as claim that if the cast of Evangelion were to take a tour of <laughs> of, of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, uh, I, I would I would be willing to make the the bold bet that Asuka would in fact be the first uh, <laughs> the first to be disqualified from the the tour because. I bet I will, I'm willing to put down cash money that somebody's written this already. I look forward to my Neo Genesis Evangelion cross Willy Wonka <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory fanfic uh, coming to uh, to where all fanfics are are bought and stored soon. Oh, that sounds very exciting. Yeah, I don't even think she would make it to the the. Giant blue room. room. She probably would have oh, yeah. fallen in the chocolate river or whatever the. No, no, she would have. She would have been in Augustus Gloop. I think she would have been kicked out for assaulting an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> yes, probably. Yes, yes. That's <sighs> that. That sounds about accurate. <laughs> anyway, so does that mean that then fucking does that make Gendo the Grandpa <laughs> Chili to like Shinji Akari or uh, what, what, not Grandpa Charlie? Grandpa whatever. Joe. Grandpa I, Joe. I think I think the metaphor is dead at that point. To be honest, but then we get the scene where fucking like Gendo and Shinji get caught in the wind tunnel. But like Gendo probably just leaves Shinji to get fucking shredded to pieces by that wind tunnel. So yeah, well that uh that would track with his backup plan on this operation. <laughs> As uh, the, so the the kids get uh set up with uh Asuka and Unit Two being the 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 one actually carrying out the operation, but Shinji's there with unit one as the backup. And uh, we get, we get a little bit of a, a bit here where the, they see planes flying over from the, uh, either the UN or the JSDF, I forget. And Asuka's like, Oh, are they here there to help us? And Masato's like, no, they're going to just blow us all to hell. If uh, this goes wrong. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's right. Shinji's like, who would make such a stupid order? And, and it's like, you're dead. Oh, your dad. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, well, very, well then, very, very Gendo flex, yes. so to speak. Uh, so classic, classic Gendo Akari there. But uh, yeah, so with everybody set up, we get into the titular magma diving. Oscar jumps down into the the magma, dives down to a deeper than recommended depths there, of course, to keep things interesting. You know, yeah, and the magma is just uh, hot red water, as yes. as, <laughs> as we know. You can see through magma. Um, of course. I mean, you know, this is just in the long legacy of Gynax shows treating uh, 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 inhuman environments as basically just really deep water. You know, whether it is magma or the center of a black hole, it's basically just water. Yep. I mean, we know it's hot because Oscar keeps complaining about being all sweaty in her fat suit, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Fucking- the fanfic writers are are furiously typing away. Yes, with the material they have been given. So they um, so they have uh, Oscar dive down until she finally gets to the eighth angel here, which at this point mm-hmm. is still it's still in its embryo form. And after appearing to capture it, of course, it's not going to be that simple, and it starts to like instantly evolve. <laughs> into uh its actual form oh no um so you know the as far as the actual form goes the platinum notes had an interesting point about 
what the angel was based on, which is this thing called the, I have no idea how to actually say this. Hold on, I like Animalocaris, right? Yeah, Animalocaris or something like that, which... I, re- I know this because there's a Digimon based on this guy. Well, that's interesting. That tracks with your reasoning. Animalocarimon. When, when did... Uh... Yeah. When would that ha- when would that Digimon have aired at that point? Uh, like what was that? Like nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Okay. Well, here's uh here's what the platinum notes have to say here, which I thought was interesting. It mentions that the Eighth Angel was based on this uh you know Animalocaris whatever, which was the largest carnivore of the Cambrian period, and it was the subject of or it was in a NHK special called Life: A Long Journey of Four Billion Years, which aired in nineteen ninety four. And at the time, in Japan, it was that, that particular creature was a hot topic. I don't know why, but whatever. So that would have been a reference, I guess, a uh, very uh, specific reference from that time period sure. that a lot of people would have uh, gotten. And I guess maybe that's how that ended, the, shortly thereafter, maybe that's how we ended up with a Digimon based on it. Oh, one of those things. Okay, right. Yes, I'm Googling it. Yes, one of those. Yes, the like... The weird shrimp with the tendrils, yes. Yeah. So that's what the, the this particular angel is based on. It's one of those just weird things that's popular in Japan, like like Seton's Animal Chronicles or whatever. Like, Yeah, it sounds like it would be in that neighborhood of... Just like highly specific subject matter that... Weirdly yeah. ends up being weirdly resonant with the Japanese public. Comes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's like the classical track oh, uh, from the New World... All right, you know, feel like that shows up all the time in mm-hmm. certain anime and video games. Azura's Wrath. Yes, yes. To Oz- shout out to Azura's Wrath. Yes, that it's is never a bad time to shout out to Azura's Wrath. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You're right. It's never a bad time to shout out Azura's Wrath. <laughs> what a good video game, everybody. Uh. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, so, the- how do we defeat uh, the Animalocaris? Yeah, so this thing starts atta- attacking Asuka as they're trying to drag her back up to the surface. Uh, and of course, she dropped her knife at some point, so we had to have a Shinji toss his knife down to her. That doesn't work either. But this leads to our, our classic old-school mecha anime moment where they're like, basically, I know! Thermal expansion! Uh, oh. Yes. <laughs> right, thermal expansion. Which... Actually, I still don't really know how the physics works out on this, but they basically shove coolant in the thing and it makes it so they can stab it. Um, it like makes the skin brittle so it can break, right? Something like that. Yeah. Because it gets super cooled. I, I guess. Something like that. So they're able to... Asuka's able to defeat the thing. And, uh, of course, before it dies, it rips her cables but Shin- oh no. Shinji is able to rescue her somehow, which that didn't make sense to me either because it still seemed like she was pretty deep in there. I mean, I'm, I'm more my thing is like, motherfucker jumped into lava that, wait, I thought we needed the, the D-type equipment to do in the first it's place. fine. But, yeah, but whatever. Don't worry about it. I, gu- I, guess, I, guess, I guess maybe Unit 1 can handle being in the lava for a couple seconds or however long it took, but... Anyway, day is saved. Angel is defeated once again. And uh, mm-hmm. we we wrap things up with a celebratory trip to the hot springs uh, where Shinji gets another lesson on expansion. But, uh, ah, thermal expansion. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get one more callback in there. 
but I guess the, the only other notable thing is uh, we get a glimpse of uh, Masato has a giant scar on her chest, a mysterious I do, scar. I do like the dialogue between Satsunasuka here, where uh, Asuka is like, you know everything about my past, right? Yes. <laughs> and Masato basically says, yeah, but don't worry about it. Right. We're all friends here. Right. <laughs> or whatever. An extremely yeah. rare moment of vulnerability for Asuka. Um, yeah. I think the only other time I could think of up to now would have been like when she was sleeping and Shinji mm-hmm. trying to kiss her or whatever. But yes, further implication that she's got some kind of past thing going on, really for both of them too, because like I said, yes. that's our thing. Yeah, right. Everybody's got their, you know, their their past here, their baggage. So, um, yeah, not much, not too much else to say on that one. That felt like kind of the, maybe the the last of like the really traditional, like old mecha anime type of like monster of the week things. I guess maybe you could say that a bit about 11 to 12 too, but I, I I feel like this, maybe the tone is shifting a little bit because a lot of Magma Diver with episode 10 is still kind of like funny and whatnot. But, I think eleven and twelve are still. Yeah, kind of I, I would like, I, I would push back against that a little bit. Just I, I do agree, and you know, I think that there is a clear and obvious obvious tonal shift uh, with, you know, uh, especially once you get to twelve. I think. Yeah. But like, I think that overall, like, you can still clearly tell that like these are following a very like, these are still kind of owing. They they owe their narrative development, their their narrative arcs to a very like specific lineage of mecha anime, that. I think is still quite apparent even when the subject matter grows, you know, more serious or introspective in nature. Sure. Like, you know, yeah. like, I, you know, I certainly wouldn't say these episodes are like episode four, for example, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, like, right, right, right. Yeah. I, I just think there is a, a bit of a different tone moving forward, even if maybe some of the plot formula is. Oh, I don't know, man. Fucking episode 11 has. 11 is fun. Has some moments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, speaking, speaking of episode 11, speaking of episode 11, yes. So, we have episode 11, the day to- Tokyo. I want to note, uh, this one was written by Yoji Enokido. Oh, nice. known for uh, Fooly Cooly, Die Buster, Utena. That's a that's a good, oh, uh, that's a, that is, a, yeah, as we always say, free Enokido. So, free Enokido, you know. free everybody. Yes. anyway, because as we, you know, to, to comment on him specifically, I think he, he the understanding is he is still. Still working on Bungo Stray Dogs. Right, right, yeah. So he is it with Bungo Stray Dogs, yes. And it is Suromaki who is still chained up in Ano's basement. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Okay. Yes. So, yes. Uh, the Day Tokyo 3 Stood Still, or uh, the other title, In the Still Darkness. Also worth noting, uh, I guess this episode was animated by Studio Ghibli? Huh, that is interesting. Um, sure. And, I mean, note noted, like... Uh, buddies uh, with Hideaki Anno, so yes, yes. And as the, the the platinum notes point out quite a bit on this one, but uh, kind of interesting. This is the episode where, or this is an episode where Anno kind of goes in a lot on the mankind becoming too reliant on technology type of theme, which is probably <laughs> fitting for the episode animated by uh, Studio Ghibli. But something hmm. that he's yeah. also also a common theme that he he explores too. But um, but yeah, we kind of kick things off with kind of more mundane daily life of the Nerve crew. Like, uh, you're right. They're doing laundry, and uh, 
this, they do this joke twice in this episode, but uh, when they pull out, like Ritsuko pulls out her laundry and it's just copies of the outfit she normally wears. Yes, yes it's very good. <laughs> or you know, when, it later, the dude's holding Misato's laundry and it's just like five identical red jackets. Yes, it's it's very good. It, it, it reminds me of the classic gag you sometimes see in Western cartoons where like, you know, like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo opens up his closet right. and there are just like the 12 identical nah, green shirts, shirts or right. something. <laughs> and Daisuke having <laughs> 30s suits. Yeah. And uh, while everybody's going about their business, interesting bit of conversation here where they explain that the the Magi supercomputer in Nerve is basically running the government. Uh, yes, basically. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, three, and so it's, it takes two to decide anything, so it truly works off the tenets of democracy. Yes. Right, just the idea that, hey, you know what? Supercomputers can run government way better than fucking shitty humans can, so let's just trust the the AI to handle everything. Yeah. Kind of setting us up for the real heavy-handed message of this episode here, I think. Um, I mean, you could even tack in some of the, you know... All those, you know, point zero 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 one percent calculations are coming from the Magi computer, and Masato always proves them wrong. So, I mm. kind of a bit of a. <laughs> I feel like it's they lay it on pretty thick in this episode, though, as far as uh, right the the man overusing technology theme or whatever. But um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting point, not like super relevant, but just kind of giving an idea of how you know influential this computer is, which. I think we'll come into play more later, but uh, in between there, we get a glimpse of the new and improved Unit Zero after getting right. blue now. Yep, after getting melted in uh, Operation uh, Yashima, was it? The yeah. it is now been repainted blue, and we we kind of get a little bit of a, a glimpse of Ray testing it, and we'll see she's ready to get back into action uh, later mm-hmm. on in this episode. Uh, kind of a lot of small, quick things happening here. We get an interesting scene where Shinji just decides to randomly call Gendo, and right, he got he has to come to the parent teacher uh, conferences or whatever. Yes. Yeah, Shinji asks what I thought was basically the fucking dumbest question I've ever seen him ask in this show. Like considering, like Shinji should honestly know better. Yeah, like considering, I'm sure he knew- the man his father is. Like, so hard. I'm sure he knows better, but it, it, it I, I, it, it was kind of. It's just like a sad scene because, like, yeah, I guess. Just, I mean, knows, it's like, sad. Why are you also, calling me about this shit? Yeah, basically, I mean, like, yeah. you're wasting my time. I've left all this stuff to someone else. Leave me alone. I mean, even the fact yeah. that he, I thought it was. And, and you know, I think this maybe is just to show the distance between them. But he, like, he, like, they work together, and he ends up calling them from like a pay, calling him from like a payphone, and he has to get like transferred and forwarded or whatever to you know even talk to him. But uh, right, I mean, I, but I feel like none of this is surprising considering like right. the obvious number of like lengths Kendo has gone to like distance himself from his son. Yeah, like it's it's still kind of sad though, like that. I mean, didn't Misato was it wasn't Misato the one that attended his other parent teacher conference yeah. or whatever that happened yeah, was, like earlier? So like, I feel like dude should already know what the I mean, score maybe, is. Maybe know? the poor boy's got his confidence up a little bit and thought it would be okay. 
and now he just well, it, gets it slammed back down into the ground here. Yeah, well, as 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 Oscar would say, that's a real baka move. So <sighs> I'll leave the poor boy alone. Um. Anyway, so that doesn't go well. Gendo, of course. Yeah, the power cuts out right in the middle of the phone call. Yes. Um. Well, after he did make it clear that no, he wants nothing to do with. I do like it. I do like it. Cuts out as he's saying, like, "Do not take further calls from Genji." Basically, like mid sentence, (laughs) like, "Whoa!" Yeah. So power cuts out rather mysteriously, uh, and you know, I I do. I do love the quick gag where everyone assumes it must have been Ritsuko. Um, yes, yes. It's just like, like it wasn't me. Wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know this, this yeah. episode's got a lot of good quick. Gags. Yeah, there are, there are yeah, that's kind of why I say it. You know, especially with like what is maybe like the best and only joke we've had with Gendo so far is in this episode, which is why I argue that actually this, you know, this anime, even if things start to get more serious, is still very much. Right. The- kind of operating in a certain way. The jokes are free and okay. There are jokes and they are good, but they're much more like low key, I think. Like they're kind of more subtle yes, yeah. than like, you know. But, but, uh, uh, but yes, yeah, so the power goes out. Yeah, and pow- the secondary power goes out and the, yeah. and the tertiary, tertiary power, power goes out. Yeah. Which is probably a bad sign. But uh and they say uh they say to divert all emergency power to the Magi and to Central Dogma. Yes. Yes. So, is, is this the first mention in your Central Dogma? I believe so because I wrote down in my notes that Central Dogma is a good name for anything. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I would listen to an album called Central Dogma. I would play a video game called Central Dogma. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> drive a car called Central Dogma. It's a good ass name. It's a good name for whatever <laughs> it is. Yes. Um. Yep. So they so powers out everywhere except for. The you know the bare minimum computer functions there at Nerve. The kids have to break out their emergency instructions in their backpack. Yes, the little pamphlets they keep in their bags and uh, start trying to find their way back into the headquarters somehow, which ends up being a little yes. more difficult than it probably should be. But uh, well, that's a lot because fucking Asuka continues to just display like. All the traits that caused me to write down in my notes, Asuka, what is your fucking problem? Like, right, like, yeah, this video doesn't, where Asuka doesn't immediately, go ahead, yeah, yeah, immediately volunteers to be the leader of this expedition to get back into Nerve HQ. But, like, Ray, being you know, the creepy one, of course, already knows like what to do, but like. Asuka just does so Asuka, not Asuka's continuously like, good plan, glad I thought of it. Yes, yes, or good plan, Ray, let's do the exact opposite <laughs> because you suggested it, which is just like, you know, for a fucking super genius, you sure are kind of a dumbass. I was just thinking it was ridiculous they had so many vents to crawl through to get in, like, you'd think they would have a... Oh, you see how fucking cool. big the Geofront yeah, is? Yeah, dude, look at fucking Tokyo 3, that thing is a I'm surprised they even knew how to get in. You know, you fucking ask me, hey, how do we break into our goddamn moving modular underground city headquarters slash final bastion of humanity? And I don't fucking know, dude. Yeah. So anyway, while the kids are working their way back, we do get a glimpse of, uh, you know, conveniently, of course, the the next angel appears. We get the ninth angel and it looks something like a 
giant Big spider. spider thing, even though it only has like four legs. And we'll see later, it like drips acid out of one of its weird eye things. Yes, this is just the the, the acid crying angel, of course. Yes. What a what a natural archetype for one of these uh, creatures to assume. Yes, definitely tracks with all with all that. Uh, and <laughs> okay, let's get to the the, the good Gendo joke. We 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 do see yes, everybody. Yes, we do see everybody at the uh, you know the nerve uh, headquarters bridge, whatever you want to call it. She's off. And uh, what was it? Was it Masato and Ritsuko talking about how hot it is? But you know, oh no, it was, it was Ritsuko and um and Maya talking about. Well, Masato also commenting on it right because she Masato's, is right, Masato's trapped in an elevator with uh, yes, right. That is important. Masato ends up being trapped in the elevator for the entire episode. Yes. Um, but uh, but yes. So Ritsuko and Maya are talking about. Oh God, it's so hot! But look over there. You know the commander is completely unshaken, and we see him in his usual yes. Gendo pose with his with his uh, you know face, his chin leaning on his uh, hands. Uh, but then, but then it cuts down and shows. Uh, Rafutsky's like, well, I forget what he says. Like, man, it's hot or whatever. And and uh, it cuts down to show Gendo has his uh, his feet in a bucket of water. Yes, it's it's very to, good. Uh, to keep cool, it's the kind of it's the kind of dumbass visual gag that I expect from from Gainax. Yes, and uh, I, I think the Platinum Notes actually confirms that this actually is the only Gendo joke in the entire series. So, <laughs> really, really? Oh, that's, that's okay. uh, enjoy it, I, enjoy it while it lasted. Hmm. But uh, that's interesting. Not a single other gag with that character for the rest I, of the show. Yeah. That's... Um, so as mentioned. They do find it pretty suspicious that their first, uh, second, and third power sources all got cut, and which right. seems to indicate that it was some kind of sabotage. Was, right, and, yeah. And they suspect it's another human, not the angels, or, or the angel, or whatever, that right. has done this, which is kind of interesting, leading Gendo to mention to everybody that the you know the real enemy of mankind, of course, is mankind. Yeah, which oh, no. definitely humans no. are the real monsters. Yeah, it definitely leans into the vibe of what this show has been. We you know, are the Walking Dead. Well, yes, yes, I suppose yes. That is definitely the, the angels, the more blatant version of this. The angels but, have ninety nine point nine nine percent human DNA or whatever that we mentioned many right. episodes ago. But, um, so yeah, with uh, with the angel attacking and no power. Uh oh I guess I forgot to mention the, <laughs> the, the following up on that the Shinji's conversation while they were going through the duck just ducks just randomly wondering why they're fighting uh fighting god if the angels are supposed to be the right, messengers Shinji or whatever now yes Shinji chooses now of all times in the middle of this cramped <laughs> event but now is the perfect time to question the metaphysical nature and intent of the angels yes and i'm just like Shinji could you not have picked like i don't know uh, a million of the other times that had, you know you were standing around moping to, right. to discuss so much instead of we had so much downtime between uh, <laughs> some of these episodes. Everyone's yeah, doing laundry and everything. Yeah, like, Probably wouldn't have been a good time, but um, I do love the gag of Asuka opens a door and the angels just staring directly at them. Yes, <laughs> she has to close the door. <laughs> then Shinji and Ray are just deadpan. Yes. Staring right at Asuka. Yes, some great uh, directing there, but um, but yeah, with the angel 
appearing and uh, dripping acid down at headquarters, or I don't know if it's doing that yet, but it will be eventually. Uh, they need to get the Avas deployed somehow. So Gendo leads the charge in getting the nerve crew to manually prep the, the Evangelians, which... Hell yeah. yeah. This is, I, was, this is I learned anything from 90s edutainment. It's that pulleys and ramps <laughs> allow humans to do a lot of work. Yes, this is a this is a great sequence here where we we just kind of get to watch like the whole crew getting together to like you know literally like you know hoist, uh, hoist the entry plugs yes by hand or like you know literally like you know fucking wind a crank to like you know get the diesel engine running to power the like Ava units like internal battery and all this shit it's it's uh it's very good. cables to- yes I was yeah. Kind of, kind of leans into, you know, what I've spoken, you know, uh, spoken of, you know, in, in prior, you know, podcasts of just like, I think what Ava does particularly well, you know, like, is kind of very much presenting and examining, you know, the human cost of of mecha anime as a genre, you know, like the 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 human efforts that it, it requires, you know, the to to quote myself from a few episodes back, you know, it takes it takes a village to raise a giant robot and. Uh, <laughs> You, know, you you definitely see that see that in play here where like even Gendo himself is like, you know, winding the crank, you know, like it's it's yeah. Yeah. it's very good. It's it's a really fun I was definitely watching it this time around thinking I think G's gonna like this part. Um <laughs> <laughs> and that's that was that was a good guess because yeah, I did. Yes. I have to so I do wanna bring up I have to give some of this a little bit of side eye here because I feel like some of this is trying to rehabilitate Gendo or have us see him in a somewhat positive light. Like, yeah, he's a dick, but in the end, he really does believe in Shinji and the kids. Oh, no. He's a- no, no, no. <laughs> Gee, I, I, don't, I don't think that's the case at all because, like, I think that Gendo is willing to work this hard specifically because Shinji isn't around. Well, like, I, well, here's the thing. Like, so, so they start he starts everybody prepping the, the Evangelions and he's, you know, jumping in there himself to get it done. And everybody's like, Oh, but we don't even know where the kids are. And he's like, Oh, they'll be here or whatever. And then like later on, Masato comments, like something to the effect to Shinji, like, well, your dad believes and believed in you or whatever. I forget exactly what she says. I mean, that's how I was interpreting it. Uh, I guess I, I, I could, I see, I see that more as like, you know, I don't know. I saw that more as Gendo kind of speaking generally to those kids will show up and one of those kids is my worthless son, you know, more than, oh, I actually secretly believe well, in Shinji. I, th- I I think we get more evidence of that in the next episode, too. So maybe we'll put that thought on, guess, maybe we'll put that yeah. thought on hold for the moment. But I just wanted to bring that up so that we can, uh, you know, revisit that. I do want to bring up one bit that I'm interested to hear your thoughts on is that uh, as the kids are walking through the tunnels, Asuka like tries to start shit with Ray and like accuses her of being Gendo's favorite. Um, and Ray says that she's not, even Which, though uh, like we've demonstrably seen that yeah, like that uh, Gendo and Ray kind of have a thing going. Yes. Yes. So, I, I mean, Based on, you know, what the show has, you know, 
presented to me up until this point you know i mean i guess that's the whole point right like oh what does that statement mean like what is the mystery behind it like because like based on what i've seen like i think ray's full of shit yeah totally like fucking gendo ain't gonna fucking burn his hands opening up shinji's escape pod you know or (sighs) unit pod or whatever like so are you saying like why is ray saying she's not the favorite even though she clearly is yeah do, do you have any thoughts on that? I feel like or... I don't want to answer that question in this point of time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I, I do have I'm... thoughts on that, but I feel like it would now is not the time to answer that question. Very well. Um, or I'll just I'll just fucking sit here and pretend <laughs> I got absorbed like yeah. <laughs> of okay. even Okay, narrative. I will say this. You know, I mean is it possible she just doesn't understand what that really means? I don't know. I think she's emotionally deadened, but I don't think she's stupid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I could also just say maybe there's a possibility that she's not. But um, mm. that's all I will say. That's all I will sure. say about that. Um, okay, so where do we leave off? Yes, so... the they the, so they they prep they they prep the, the 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 Avas the kids show up the kids get in we get one more great bit where they're like you're gonna have to rip you have yeah. to rip the restraints off yourself with the Evangelians oh, um, so good uh, Ritsuko like they go through the whole like Avas launch and then we cut to immediately to them just crawling through another vent yes yes or like you have the bit where like to even launch them like you have a dude like just like chopping the hydraulic cables with an axe to like. Discon- you know, to cut the connection, basically. Right. Now, so they uh, launch, and I don't know, is this... There's, I, I couldn't tell. Well, obviously, since Misato is in the elevator, she can't run this operation right now. Did they just not have communications, or is Gendo just not wanting to have anything to do with the actual battle? Because basically, the kids are left to their own devices once they get out. I don't think... I think the communications okay. are down. So they like, just leave the kids to their own devices... What else are you going to do? Uh, you know, they're, they're... And uh, Asuka takes charge, and this time she kind of figures it out. Uh, so, the, the... Uh, Yes, yes, this is Asuka's first and so far only moment of displaying <laughs> something resembling like tactical acumen and, and leadership yes. qualities that are befitting of someone of her supposed like stature. Any level of contriteness at all. Yes. So yes. Uh, they have to get up basically this giant tube but the angel yes because the angel keeps fucking crying acid on yes. them so, <laughs> so they, they try to like crab walk up the tube but the the angel is crying acid down the tube so they can't just do that so they so oscar comes up with the plan to have you know basically uh she's gonna block the acid while uh shinji shinji waits well ray's ray drops down to the bottom because they dropped their gun which I guess they only have one gun, uh, and uh, they 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 drop Ray drops down, grabs the gun, throws up to Shinji while Asuka is blocking the acid, and then she moves so that Shinji yes. can shoot the uh, shoot the angel. And and what is seemingly the first and only time in this show yeah, that a uh, fucking gun is demonstrated <laughs> to do anything? Right. Useful. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, Jill, but I believe I I told G because I believe that this is the only time in the entire show where the like 
regular Ava guns do anything? Probably. They did specifically say that part of Asuka's job was neutralizing the AT field, right? I, I mean, guess, it's still, yeah, sure. I, that does then beg the question, why don't they always just neutralize the AT field? Oh, yes, why don't they always neutralize the fucking AT <laughs> I guess, field? I think then. they do, and it just never yes. fucking works. So, no, we always, because no, because apparently the, the proper way to dispose of these fucking horrible creatures from another dimension is to always walk fucking two feet away from them and then, like, with your bare hands. shove our hands in there to or pull it apart you know but apparently it. you could or do it from stab a it with a, uh, stab it with a box cutter right like yeah yes, real like yes. uh but uh you know obviously this is for the sake of drama but there's a part of me that it is now severely side-eyeing like nerves like logistics and budget capability because apparently they have the money and resources to constantly repair these bespoke one-off giant robots but they don't have the budget to give all three of them guns no apparently we can only afford one gun but but we can afford to repair these three robots repeatedly (laughs) hey man ammo is expensive i'm sure but uh (laughs) like don't worry we have don't worry we literally don't worry we went to fucking Evangelion Office Max. We have a box full of progressive box yes. cutters, but <laughs> we have only one fucking gun. So, uh, well, that makes it so much more dramatic, right? Of course uh, it does. Anyway, so they succeed uh-huh. in defeating yeah. the the angel. We get one more kind of post fight scene with the kids looking out at the the dark city. <laughs> These kids need to chill These out. These kids are trying too hard. These kids are trying way too hard. Like fucking laying there, staring up the stars. These fucking, you know, these these fourteen year olds who, you know, they they've seen what the world's really like, man. And you know, kind of, we're asking the real questions about like, you might know, as well why just are we be, here, man? You might as well just be fucking passing so around a bong. <laughs> yeah, like it is the most fucking like. Like I love, I love these three episodes, but there's like this conversation and then a conversation Gendo has with Fuyutsuki in episode twelve that had me fucking rolling my eyes into the back of my skull. Like, right. like I get it. Like again, if this was your first fucking anime back in 1996 or whatever, like I'm sure all of this was like oh very heady. But like, I'm just mm. like, y'all are kids. Like fucking, I don't know, man. Fucking. Talk about something else. Like, I, do, I do kind of like the scene just as like the first time really those three have hung out and not been arguing. Right. I guess, you know, like and this, true, the, this was the first operation where the three of them worked together. Right. And then, and then, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I guess we put it like that. that. Yeah. All three of them have kind of, I'm, I'm hesitant to say bonded yet, but they're, you know, they're a team, <laughs> at least on a professional level at this point. But, um, but yeah, so that wraps up the episode 11, which brings us into episode 12 with one of my personal favorite episode titles of all time. Uh, she said, don't make others <laughs> suffer for your personal hatred. Or Yes, or as I said, the most Megalobox-ass <laughs> sounding title I've heard in this show. Uh, uh, alternatively, The Value of Miracles, less interesting as a title. Shout out to Megalobox titles. Yes. Well, to give out that shout out yeah, again. I we, think we, we did we that did last, last podcast. But, uh, so, there'll be a couple look. other opportunities. You know what? You know what? Just like, just like Azurus Wrath, Megalobox also deserves a shout out anytime <laughs> it's mentioned. So, Megalobox, what an anime. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this episode kicks off with a flashback 
to yes, yes. Uh, a bit more serious this time. Second impact. Yes. So we see the events of second impact, and apparently Masato was there. Yes, things uh, don't look great yeah. here at Second Impact Central. Um, people are melting. People are melting. Uh, the sky is red. There's uh, an eighth <laughs> in the yeah, back. Oh, very yeah, weird. things are not not looking great for uh, for 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 Masato here. Yes, I do. I do like the how what the the like capsule he puts her in looks like. An er, like a less developed version of the entry plug. Oh yeah, totally. No, I, so I, I, cool, I, like, I design lineage yes. in the universe. Yes, yes, I, I definitely love that well, aspect of it. Yes, that kind of like. And they do keep, they do keep Sorry, saying that inside the entry plug is basically the safest place you could possibly be, which would explain how yes. Misato would survive a event like that. Um, mm. But yeah, we get, kind of get a cut to that and then cutting back to Misato in present day with the scar again. So we kind of know where the scar is coming from at this point. Um, and All right. uh, yeah. the, pretty serious intro, which kind of takes a lighter turn. We get into uh, Misato has been promoted, which I, which I realized uh, I realized the uh, last episode, I instinctively actually called her Major Katsuragi, even though she was still a captain at that point. But oh, she's yeah. now officially a major. Uh, Yes, she has been promoted for her valorous actions of being yes. stuck in an elevator. <laughs> of, of wrangling children. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, everybody who has to handle three 14-year-olds deserves to be probably That was promotion, funny timing, because yes. you figured they would have done that like after Operation Yashima or something, right? But <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that's more believable, right? Is that It probably took some time and paperwork to get that promotion down the line. But like, I do love that it arrives after the episode where arguably right, she the one episode the where she doesn't do anything and she's stuck in an elevator is the, uh, the one she gets promoted. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's really what they want to celebrate a promotion. So uh, Kensuke and, and, and Toji decide we're going to throw a party for, for Major Katsuragi and we're going to in, invite... I guess some other yeah, people. Yeah, before yes. we get to that, we did get we do get a, a scene with um, some of the har- the, the harmonics test. testing, and uh, we kind of get a little right. I feel like I feel like this doesn't actually happen all that often in the show, like sync tests. But also, I feel like it is an iconic set in the show. I, yeah. Well, it feels you know like I mean? something that happens all the time. We just don't see it on the cam on camera, right? Right. But uh, you right. know they they kind of try to establish the power levels here that you know Asuka is still <laughs> yes. the the most in sync pilot, but Shinji's catching up with his you know natural abilities, which of course is going to piss off Asuka. Right. His entry plug can go deeper than the other two, which for which leads reason. to you know for the like fifth time in my show notes, me writing down Asuka, what is your problem? <laughs> um, just uh, fucking chill out, you know, like this is like. This this is some fucking Bakugo tier behavior I, right ooh, now. Ooh, like, hmm. no, I I I I say this because this is literally echoing a conversation, or I guess maybe My Hero Academia is literally echoing this conversation in Evangelion, okay. where like, you know, there's literally a bit where All Might is like, "Chill out, Bakugo. Like, you know, you started out at level 100, and Deku's at level one. Of course, it's going to be impressive when he jumps ahead ten levels compared to you." And it's just like. Again, same thing to Asuka. Like, chill out. You're still the top dog. Just, like, fucking... Right. Quit yelling at Shinji for 
doing okay. Like, like, what would you do? What, like, what would you do if they, if the results came back and they said actually Shinji's doing real fucking bad? He's awful at piloting Ava. He's fucking trash at it. Like, you know that Asuka would still berate him for it. She would just she would just fucking change her tone and be like, ah, oh, Shinji, can't you fucking get it together like me? Like, yeah, fucking- I mean that is a conversation they have in the in the on their way home after the testing, right? With with. Yeah, like, what the fuck do you want? Like, what would make you happy? Apparently, when, fucking uh, when, when Masato's driving Shinji home, and Masato and As- and Shinji's like, right. I don't know what I did wrong. Why is she always mad at me? And uh, Masato's like, it's because you care what people think too much. And then they... <laughs> yeah, Masato kind of lays into him. Yeah. Like, Jeez. I, like, I mean, okay. I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, know, this is maybe, yeah. you know... I, you know... I think Masato is basically pointing out like what is yeah. you know we haven't really we haven't really examined it lately because Shinji has kind of been in a better place these days. But Masato right, is right. basically pointing out that like at his core, like yes, Shinji is like in a healthier place mentally and emotionally these days. But like his core character still stems from this crippling like in a pleaser desire to like need people's approval, you know, or or not even approval, but just like he bases his entire personality based on. Right. Other people's expectations so, of him. Okay, going back to the question of why is Asuka always picking on Shinji, I mean, is it because he's the only one that actually reacts? Like, that actually, that it, like, actually impacts? Like, everyone else is like, whatever Asuka, and he's the one that's actually, like, I don't know. Just throw that out there. But... No, no, I think I think that's a good point, you know, like fucking, you know, I notice that every single time Asuka fucking opens her mouth, like nobody ever steps in to defend Shinji, like nobody ever even calls Asuka out on her shit. Like I, I don't know, is this just like a very like Japanese cultural thing? I feel like if you were in America and like some some person was just like constantly f- like some person in your like overall friend circle, right? Like maybe not even a friend, but like somebody that you always hang out with or somebody you always like is there when you are getting like, you know, dinner at like the dorm cafeteria. Like if that person was always fucking talking shit 24/7, I feel like somebody right. would be like cool, you know, but- you don't you don't even have to like call Oscar out. You don't even be like, you know, Oscar, why don't you just fucking chill out and shut the fuck up? I feel like it seems weird that nobody is even just like, hey, like yeah, so cool I mean, it. could you cool it? Or like or like Shinji doesn't deserve your bullshit. Like like Shinji deserves a lot of bullshit, but he doesn't deserve your I mean, maybe bullshit. it is because he's the only one that's actually acknowledges her if you think about it. Like everybody else is just Right. But I guess I wonder if that's just a yeah, it's just a point of, like, he's the only one that cares. Like, everybody else fucking has already internalized that Asuka's, like, they, fucking... They filter it out. You know? And, uh... <laughs> yes, yes. They just, they've already mentally filtered it out. Like, when she opens her mouth, they don't even talk about <laughs> yeah, the words hear the Charlie Brown saying. noises in the background. I, yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> Look forward to the, my sequel fanfic... <laughs> Uh, Peanuts cropped Neon Genesis oh, Evangelion. Oh, good oh, grief. Oh, where, uh, where Asa, every fucking, all Shinji wants to do is kick that goddamn yes. football. Oh, that's but, but, uh, good. Uh, oh, that it definitely away. adds up. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, it's, it's all starting to make sense. Snoopy is just unit on one. Uh, I'll say Snoopy just yeah, a penguin. He, yeah. Like, oh, pen pen. Like, uh, that might be a better fine. metaphor than the Willy Wonka. Linus just Ray. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's a, an that is an interesting, interesting that is take, an interesting, yes. uh, uh, take uh, there. I, yes. I mean, they're both religiously charged. 
<laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, after the testing, they head back to party, as we mentioned, and yes, where fucking everybody shows up, and Shinji is like, I don't like being around this many people. It's loud. And, I'm an yeah. introvert. Right, like, Shinji is literally that one fucking, like, copypasta that is, like, the music is too loud, my feet hurts, I wish I was home, oh wait, I am home, this is this sucks. Yeah, I thought I thought it was interesting with, uh, with the car ride home and then leading into this, because Masato is not really having a great time either. She's, yeah, no, 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 Masato doesn't really this whole episode kind of, like, weirdly yeah, tense and... They're they're kind of like commiserating on the sidelines during the party of like, yeah, I'm not really I'm not really having well, much fun either. But <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think I think they kind of you know some of this some of this is explained that by the end of this episode that like emotionally it kind of makes sense that Misato doesn't really care because like she kind of states during the party that like her motivation for being at Nerve was was never personal right. ambition like the rank she has doesn't really matter because like that's not never why she's here. right that's never been why she's here so like at the end of the day the rank is just a means to an end you know it's just another title that like is a tool to you know her her true right. she, goals she, she, she says know, i mean she says she's her, like she's happy about it but it's not important right like yeah right exactly yeah uh Though uh, you think you think with her promotion she would get a pay raise, but uh, I guess we'll get into <laughs> <Yes>. that later. <laughs> so uh, we we cut away from the party to see Gendo is away at the South Pole. Uh, both yes. Gendo and Fusuki are at the Where, South Pole. Uh, turns out that Gendo has stolen Shinji's bong <laughs> uh, from last episode because uh, uh, Gendo Fusuki. Yeah, also man. How does Shinji fucking- smoke? How does Shinji smoke from a bong that's the whole size of an aircraft carrier? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. They are. Tra- they are. They are very. They are obviously transporting uh something that again I will just pretend I don't know what that is. Um, you know, you know, to uh, or from uh, the yes. South Pole, where uh, Gendo and Fuyutsuki have the most fucking extra conversation uh, about the angels uh, and the nature of their mission. These are the conversations that made every 14 year old think that Evangelion was the deepest show they'd ever seen. Yeah. Like, this is what I mean. Like, I think like what I like sometimes give shit to Ava's like reputation and the legacy it established is like, you know, regardless, you know, cause I, you know, I think at this point, you know, like I think people get that. Like, I think that Ava, the show itself is quite good, but I think, my often my fucking antagonistic relationship with the post Ava like mecha genre is it feels like every fucking anime director and writer in the world watched Evangelion and like specifically like you know fucking watched this conversation between Gendo and Fuyutsuki in episode twelve <laughs> and came away with the conclusion oh this is what mecha anime should be from now on is this specific conversation like oh. Our mecha anime should just be this conversation stretched out over 26 episodes, like, from now on. Like, this is what mecha anime is. And, like... Yeah. And maybe that is where yeah. my problem like, there's, comes there's from. There's, like, the genuine character depth and stuff in the show, yeah. but then you have the pseudo-religious, like, pontificating... Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, get into this more when we get deeper into the series, but... Oh, oh yes. Will but, we? uh... Yes. My take in 2019 
is that because because there, there's been you know I, I think I think the majority of people have come to realize that a lot of these like biblical references right, yeah. and like you know because in this scene yeah <laughs> in, in this scene Gino's talking about you know mankind being cleansed from the original sin and all that stuff like that like as a truly yeah like like a, as a teenage oh my god that line fucking and, and uh and you know Fitsky's like well you know i I think i think a little I, a little sin is good or whatever but the you know as, as a teenager i was eating that stuff up i think i think most of the ava you know quote-unquote discourse has come to realize that a lot of that doesn't really mean anything but Oh, I fucking I don't I, know, man. I fucking I feel like even in 2019, you oh, still get some I real know. fucking I'm with some real there. fucking eye rolling I, I'm takes sure on the out there, But I feel like the majority of people have grown up and realized that you know that's not the case. I think we're motherfucker. I don't mean to I don't mean to invoke current events, but we were talking about a fan base for whom the most popular anime is like fucking Shield Hero well, or Goblin Slayer. I don't. I think you severely. You are severely, severely think, overestimating the the anime discourse's ability to like meaningfully interact with these. Well, kind I think of those people elements. haven't even watched Evangelion, and we'll see what happens when it hits Netflix. But uh, yeah, they probably haven't watched Evangelion. They just look at the ray porn right. or whatever. But, uh, pretend they I watch- think I think what my closing argument is going to be that no, Evangelion is not deep in the way we thought it was, but I think there is still depth to it, which. I think there will be. Oh yeah. no! Of course, of course. I think that like, depth is in the like the visual design and the character interactions yes. and yeah. the writing. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that depth is undoubtedly. It's here. just not it's the, like as zero said. Like it's just found in the places that are not as. It's not the places explicit. we thought it was when I was sixteen or whatever when I watched it. So um, yes, yes. So yeah, we we can uh, we can shelve all the talk about original sin and whatnot, yeah. uh, and uh, come back to. Uh, I, I will say. I will say. Go ahead, G. <laughs> I, I will say real quickly, I do actually love the art direction for yes. the South yes. Pole during this bit. Like, motherfucker, the South Pole has seen some better days yeah. in the world of Evangelion. Some fucking uh, it's, it's really <laughs> Well, it's not just like the Red Sea, but it's like the fucking like spires of ice just sticking out that like really lend like this truly like apocalyptic vision of like like regard like, you know, it, it's one thing if like second impact is just a big ass crater. Right. Which I mean, it still kind of is. I mean, it is. Like, like, I mean, like the North Pole's all ice, but the South Pole's a continent. Yes, yes. Like, so it truly it it, it doesn't like a weaker anime, a weaker and lesser anime would have gone into explicit detail. And maybe maybe it still does later down the line, but of of exactly what Second Impact does to the world. But the way they communicate with just like, this is what the South Pole looks like now, I think does such an amazing job of like communicating like the kind of like deeply apocalyptic scars yeah. that that event has It wasn't just a big explosion. This is just like evil no like, like, it, like it like it's menacing yes like, it's like yes yeah that, that's a good way to put it gel like something truly evil right. has occurred here like it, it's you know because it's easy to imagine oh like it's like a big meteor strike right big crater melted oceans you know cover up, so. right but like you know you know but like which could still be effective you know like to yeah, you know, yeah, in yeah. many ways like i think that like even is kind of working off the similar like 
off a similar like 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 playbook as shows like for example you know the original mobile suit gundam did where like for its time in 1979 like all it had to do to like indicate how truly like awful the world was in the original mobile suit gundam was show you a map of australia where a giant fucking circle shaped (laughs) hole is missing from it and that's all you need to communicate oh something deeply like terrible has happened here but i think what ava does is kind of take that to the next level with like showing like what does ground zero of such an event look like it's clearly more than just like a conventional explosion happened there's like some weird stuff going on here but yes like it no longer looks like earth so we'll we'll put that on the uh, table for now and uh head on back (laughs) <laughs> all the commanders are away the angels will play and as they yes. as they are want to do yes. so the orbit. 10th angel appears this one is like some kind of spaceship or something i don't know <laughs> it's just like orbitally bombarding yes. the planet like just dropping yes. pieces of and, itself uh with with gendo away masato is now the highest ranking nerve official and so she had, it's yes. time for major katsuragi to take command of this operation she uh as if yes. she's already done that but now she doesn't have to times, get anybody's permission know? i guess i don't know but uh she uh she guesses right i mean she had, she had to get permission right. for operation yashima like, yeah she had to yeah, ask uh, that is true yes for that yes. one but yes but now she's fucking she's 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 she's, she's, yes. she's just shooting from the hip well, now just like fuck it point zero 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 one percent that kind of becomes important it. with her her plan here so she kind of guesses that the Angel is going to drop down onto Nerve Headquarters, drop itself down and destroy it. So the 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 Magi computer is trying to calculate where it's going to be, but it uh, gets basically jammed before it can make the calculate finish the calculation. So we get this kind of funny visual of, you know, all right, where's it going to drop? And then they just show this big red area that's basically like the entire city. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And, and Masato again, bless Masato. I really love her as a character. But bless Masato that her fucking daring fucking plan to save humanity is basically <laughs> fucking catch it. just <laughs> Yes, yes. It's basically it's basically just a variation of the plot of that one episode of Fooly Cooly, where okay, the ball is gonna <laughs> land here, so you three just stand right underneath it and try to catch it, which is the most yes. fucking just and uh like I have, like I have expected, you know, like that fucking episode of Fooly Cooly that they were just going to start breaking out like fucking Ava-sized baseball bats or something. Oh, just an Ava-sized catcher's mitt. If Gunbuster had a big baseball bat, and I'm sure the Avas do too. Yes, exactly. Just fucking. We don't have money to make them guns, but here we have a bunch of other <laughs> dumbass Ava unit-sized <laughs> bullshit lying around. Yeah. So, um, Masato comes up with this plan. And we kind of cut away to this scene with her and Ritsuko in the bathroom and on their way out, you know, Ritsuko is basically like, you know, you're, 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 you know, we have the, the, the less than, you know, 100,000th of a percent chance of succeeding. You're just throwing away the Avas basically for, you know, your own personal grudge or whatever, uh, which, right. Yeah. She says, don't make others suffer. Yes, for your personal I was going to ask, does this count as a title drop? Even though she doesn't explicitly say yeah, the words, think- like. No, but I think, like, thematically, that's exactly, like, that's kind of the whole theme of this episode, right? Is, like, in this episode and in this moment, Misato's, like, like very 
you know, dogmatic drive to destroy the angels is portrayed as a heroic thing. But I think we are beginning to see the cracks in like her character, like her obsession with destroying the angels and like what that, and, right. and, and, and how that pushes her towards making certain choices and decisions, you know, like we have this bit here where like Misato's just like, you know, uh, after after this conversation, she basically explains the plan to the plans this plan to the kids, and she's like, "Hey, if you survive, I'll treat you out. I'll take you out for dinner. We'll get like, like steak they, or they, something." They keep asking like for details of the operation, and her answers are yeah, all yeah. They're like, "What? Like, what are the, yeah, like, good luck." They're like, good "What do the computers uh, yeah. say?" And she's like, "Well, like, I can't tell you or whatever. <laughs> like, all I can tell you is uh, okay, like there's, there's what, an aspect the of this that like where we predicted. Ah, oh, too bad then. Like, right? Like, there's an aspect of this where like you know, Masato like." she is again she's she's literally shooting from the hip like she is this plan is not that well like like even by masato like daring plan standards this is a notably poorly thought out one you know like like at least her like her mission to like stop you know fucking jet alone had some like or, or Operation Yashima, there was a foundation of, like, a logic there. But here she's just literally, like, I don't know, like, fucking play this out like a Little League game. Like, fucking get out in the outfield she, she and try says, to catch like, like, to, like, what basis are you, are you picking the spots for them to... And she's like, it's my women's intuition. <laughs> like, this this is which is, this is all, like, a completely... Like, like, and they want you to be clear that this is a, an emotional decision, right? Like it's not based on logic or yeah, totally sound, right. you know, reasoning here. Um, right. Like right. Even like the kids don't want to have yeah, it. Even the kids like, she's like, I'll just take dinner. And they're just like, yay. <laughs> Thanks. Well, yeah, we, we did get the funny bit where after she leaves Oscar's like the, uh, you know, the second impact generation is so cheap, which, yeah, yeah I, millennials, I, I, I have. I don't think <laughs> I brought this up yet, but I did do the math because Masato, I think, is supposed to be twenty nine, and it's two thousand fifteen. So she is sure. definitely she, she actually oh, is god. a millennial. Um. <laughs> oh god! Oh, does that make the fucking Ava kids like the Gen yes. whatever is after that? I, yes. I literally don't even know their name. So but... Masato is like literally a millennial here, but in this case, we're calling them uh, the the second impact generation. But I mean, of course, that's just like the the, the the world building way of saying they did not have any money back then because everyone was dying. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, you know, to get back, go back to the episode ten conversation where Misato was like, "Back in my day, we didn't yes. have school trips. I'm not even sure there schools was, existed there was back then. Extinction event, right? Like, I'm not even sure society as we know it existed right. back in my so, day. So, kind of a little nod to that here was just pretty funny, but. uh we do see Masato's actual plan when they draw it up on the screen, which I, I was calling the zone defense plan, which if you've, if you've, ever, yeah. if you've ever seen that zone defense in like football or whatever drawn out, it's basically yes. you stand this in this fucking... area and if anything comes here, you stop it. On... Um, right. It's, on it's very... Very... To the nerve. HD <laughs> yes. Fucking, yes. Freaking John, you know, that's my next fanfic is uh, John... <laughs> John Madden's Neon Genesis Evangelion yeah, no, 2019. Good fanfiction material out of this episode, but uh, <laughs> yes. So, so they uh, he, he basically just has them spaced out evenly across the city, and whoever sees it first catches the angel. Yes, they're gonna finally put these good ass Jordans <laughs> that these Ava units are wearing to good use. Yes. So. Um, just- Kind of in in preparation for the as as the kids are heading out for the operation, we get a 
couple of more things to go full circle with. Uh, we're still asking about, you know, Shinji is still, we're calling back to Shinji wondering why he pilots the Evangelion. So he asks Asuka, why does she does it? And we kind of already know Asuka's answer, right? For her, you know, she wants everybody yeah. to see how amazing her, she is I mean, in her own personal glory. Yes, yeah, a desperate requires the attention which, to desperate. Function. Desperate she makes really no, <laughs> like she does not try to hide that. That's she answers. That's exactly what she says. Right. Well, I mean, she, I, the way she phrases it is like, "I'm great, and everyone else needs to know how great I am." Rather, well, than, I, yes. as opposed to, if I do not get validation, right, I will curl right. up into a ball and yes. die. Well, you, right. yes. She doesn't do the actual psychoanalysis of it or whatever. But, but uh, on the other hand, though, I do appreciate that you know she's like, "Well, what is your motivation?" And Shinji's like. Dog, I got no fucking clue. I have no fucking clue why I'm in I mean, this she, giant I robot. Mean, she, that is like the first time we actually asked Shinji back, right? Like, that's, yeah. So yeah, yeah, and and I mean, it's the one time where, like, you know, again, Asuka's abrasive as hell, but I can at least appreciate her like pointing out that, like, actually, yes, Shinji's like fucking flimsy to non-existent reasoning for piloting the Ava, like, is a is the foundations of a problem we could get into down the line. So. Right. Yes. We also get uh, a bit with Masato kind of explaining more explicitly in case we didn't piece together her her yeah, motivation right. in fighting the angels. To She was talking to Shinji at that point, right? Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. They, have, they have a flashback to like after the party or something. And, and she starts describing yes. her relationship with the, her, her father, which sounds kind of similar to Shinji's relationship with Gendo. Right, I think. And there's a very deliberate par- parallel here. Yes, yes. Misato Sr. is very much portrayed as a Gendo Akari type person, you know, like, didn't care about family, didn't care about anything but his work, you know, was just, like, driven to, you know, the accomplishment of whatever his great task at hand was at the but expense he- of all personal relationships. But he saved her in the end, and now she doesn't yes, know how to right. feel about this. And I think right. that's tying back to my point before, and we'll get a little bit more to at the end here with, okay, maybe maybe saying that they're trying to rehabilitate Gendo is a little too much, but I think they are trying to make it more of a, or less of a black and white, good, bad thing. Sure. I mean... I, I suppose, like, you know, for the sake of narrative, that is probably a good thing. Like, as much as I as much as much I enjoy joking about fucking how Yendo is literally the worst, like, parental figure I've ever seen in an anime, like, it's, you know, for a show, like, even Yelling, which does trade so much in these kind of highly believable relationships, it does stretch the imagination a little bit how fucking, how yes. fucking callous yes. Yendo is, like... You know, like, you know, again, I I would definitely hate if this show started to like be like, oh, actually, like, here's Gendo's tragic backstory that is supposed to justify and validate every action right. he's made in this show. But like, you know, yeah, again, not even towards Shinji. I just would I, I do appreciate at least There's- trying to hint at like. There is more to his character than just his like you know or or there's there is more to his character e- even if his character is just his sing- single minded drive to like you know destroy the angels that there is more facets to even that there motivation. is a, a level of humanity humanity to him buried in there somewhere which makes it more interesting than if he was just a cartoon you know cackling evil villain up in his uh, yeah totally, you know totally command center or whatever. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what they're going for. I'm just always a little wary of like, yeah, yeah, no, he's of rehabilitating yes. abusive characters, of course. Like, I think because I think a lot of fiction, I don't think we need to get into it in this podcast, but like, I think a lot of fiction, especially in anime, is dreadfully guilty of like rehabilitating characters who show who, who do and show like extremely abusive and right. like problematic behavior, you know. I think. This happens way too often in fiction, you know, where like characters who commit actions ranging from like murder and abuse to sexual assault are like retroactively validated because, oh, their mom was mean to them as a child or something, or, or they oh, were look, bullied as a kid. Does love right. them or whatever. Right. Like, oh, like I beat my children, but that's because actually deep down I truly loved them, which is like, you know. I just wanted st- to make them strong. Right. It's like such a fucking, <laughs> like, fucking bullshit trope. And I think a lot of fiction is very uh, the, guilty of this. The, the, I just want to make but... them strong just made me think of uh, Hanebato, if you remember G. The, uh, oh, boy. Like, Hanebato's a perfect example. What's, what's her name's mom like, worse than Gendo Akari? <laughs> oh that's tough she man. was pretty bad <laughs> man now that's that you know that's my next fanfic is Hanabato cross the Hellion, where um, where Gendo Akari has to coach a badminton team and Ayano's mother is tasked with leading <laughs> leading nerves fight I'm against the angel her name. I, I, I could not remember who, any of the characters names in that show at this point but yes I mean, I said Iono's mom, so that tells you right. how much I actually remember. <laughs> but uh, just see who does a who does a better slash worse job right. at the others. Uh, that, that, that at that the others' task, somewhat amusing. But uh, there, there's a, there's a long history of bad anime parenting in in uh, anime for sure. So uh, and yes, yes. Yeah, but meanwhile, the angels yes. falling from the sky. So, so the kids get out there. In their zone defense and the angels falling from the sky as predicted. Uh, it's I guess it ends up being closest to Shinji, so he he runs in to catch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a cool bit here where we really get to see the Avos awesome. like yeah. fucking yes. moving hella fast, like jumping like, off cliffs and yeah, like great bit of animation here just to like shout it out, like. You know, speed is one of those things that is actually surprisingly difficult to, to to communicate in animation because at the end of the day, like what you are looking at in animation is, you know, a bunch of still images, you know, moving, you know, flashing very quickly across the screen. So like uh, portraying speed like in a in a believable and like understandable way is uh, is something that many animators, you know, even to this day often struggle with. And I think that they do an amazing job with it here. I think a lot of it is in fact due to like Ava's constant commitment to like portraying the physicality of the Ava units. Like, you know, despite their like, you know, unorthodox designs, they never like, there's a, there's a gravity to the way these, these, these robots like, move. Have them like cracking the ground underneath them or. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like the, over the power lines and they're just whipping everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's, it's really impressive. And like, so even if like the actual quote unquote, like fight in this episode is not really anything that like special, the way it's portrayed is done. Um, just super yeah, impressive. It, it does look cool. I really like, like we're kind of restating here i just really like how as they all are running it keeps cutting between all three of them like if that you know like unit one jumps but then the landing is unit two yeah you know, no it's it's, it's a really it's well done sequence the landing is unit zero yeah 
This is probably the nicest looking sequence this show has done since um, episode dance. nine. You know, with the with the yeah. with the sixty two seconds. Uh, yes. Yep. <laughs> so Shinji catches the angel and holds it as best he can until uh, uh, Ray and Asuka show up to help him, and they're. Yes, and we get yet another first and maybe only in this show so far where uh, Ray is the one who uh, she gets who she uh, gets who to get a kill whips out the knife in finally. I think it's yes. the only time we see yeah, like as you said, I think it's the only time we see Unit Zero's progressive knife ever. Uh, yeah, probably, definitely up to now. I'm trying to think of later, but. Uh... Uh, she has not done much in this show yeah. until now. I guarantee so, uh, that much. Yeah, we so. kind of get the the fun visual of like ripping the AT field open with their bare hands, and then because uh... we yeah. forgot our guns. Well, it's hard again, to use apparently. a gun when you're also trying to hold the thing up, I guess. But uh, yes. so yeah, they of course, of course, they uh, uh, they kill the angel, and uh, <laughs> you know, in true Japanese fashion. Uh, Misato takes responsibility for her actions for the light amount of damage done to use unit one in Gendo's absence. And, uh, but Gendo, <laughs> Gendo's surprise in a surprise move calls over to the, what he refers to as the pilot of unit one. <laughs> yes. Put my worthless son on the phone. I wish to speak to him. Please put the pilot of unit uh... one on and tells him, and tell them what a fucking dick like I, again like I, despite what you said Joe, like and yes even though what he says here maybe is supposed to be him showing a softer side he's also still doing yes. it in the most dickish way possible like let's not yes. like misunderstand I mean, and, and this is where like i mean this is like in a, a form part of the abuse right because like he tell he tells shinji good good work and that's that's the kind of thing yeah. that makes when we we see later and and, and you know that's the, that's the kind of thing that makes Shinji think he you know maybe I can change him maybe he'll come to my parent teacher conference right yeah i mean i was literally i was literally joking to Iro. i was like oh good it's the scheduled like monthly like slightly less hurtful remark from Gendo to yes, string Shinji to further, along in this you know fucking absurd to mission further the he's emotional been set damage. upon which we kind of see that I mean when we see the impact yes. in the next scene, which for one it's it's pretty good because the the kids were giving Masato a hard time about having to empty her piggy bank for this big dinner, and uh, you know they all decide let's just go to the the you know the cheap ramen stand. Right, one of Asuka's few like benevolent actions of yes, let's get ramen because that way Misato doesn't have to pay a lot of money, and also the means Ray can come with us. Yes, because Ray mentions earlier in this episode yes, that she so, doesn't like meat. Yes. But, uh, again, leading me to ask, like, is this how Nerve manages to afford all those box cutters? Like, is that they just don't pay their staff for shit? Because, like, I feel like, I feel like a major well, is, is a pretty high it, rank uh, in a military uh, system. Probably should get paid is, pretty is it, decently uh, Masato at that point. not getting paid or should she blow all her money on the sports car? You know, that's a good point. Like, Misato's, like, Misato is probably the living embodiment of that meme that is like, <laughs> yes, my rent is $700, <laughs> like, right, right. my 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 food is $200, my car is, is $10,000, and my beer expenses are $20,000 a month, you know, please help me, like, you know, right, please right. help me like, budget myself. How much does she just pay for I'm electricity dying. to keep Pen Pen alive? I mean... 
there's uh, a lot of irresponsible a lot of irresponsible uh, spending going on there but uh <laughs> yeah, that's true to anyway so they yeah they, we we kind of uh end out here in this ramen stand scene which <laughs> okay uh, this is the most important platinum notes uh reference i saw so far oh, yeah i saw this in the show notes and i was curious about what this was yeah i'm very curious the, what this uh, so when they're all ordering their ramen uh ray orders i think garlic ramen or something but in the script yes she was supposed to order seaweed. Oh. And the Platinum Notes Ooh. thought it was important enough to tell Scandalous. us that this was an ad lib that the that the actress chose to do uh, in the show. So that is the that is the level of detail we are bringing to you here on uh, Neon Genesis Evangelio. Um, <laughs> right. Sure. Whatever, dude. Yes. Very but important. But I mean, of course, that was just the re- the callback to to her not eating meat, but. Anyway, we kind of close out, you know. Is that really it? Yes. Is that it? <laughs> the, that's that's the, the most fun. All right. I love it. I thought this I would it. generally be something that added. No, 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 no. I, I was, I was, I, I was, I was about to flip a coin that this note was either going to be something fucking major and revealing about the characters, or the most fucking like one-off half-assed like show oh, notes. This does ex- like, this does ex- okay, oh, hold on. Oh, I need to fucking investigate now, but... Oh, you got to investigate now, do you? Like, okay. what, fucking, what fucking deep cut is this one related to? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, oh, okay, turns, so... out that, turns out another role that Ray VA voiced in some obscure Japanese RPG also liked garlic ramen. Uh, no, what it is, is uh, recently, earlier this year, um... Or maybe it was last year. Was Ray used to promote a garlic ramen? There's like- a, there's a there's a robot show called uh, like Transforming Shinkansen Robot Shinkalion. Yes, I had the like Evangelion yes. crossover yeah, episode. The Eva episode. I remember and I that. think they order ramen at the end of that episode. And so I think th- one of them order garlic ramen. I think this. I think Ray does this. Does the same order there. I did not realize that was a ref, like a specific reference at the time. Well, there you Fucking... go. I said it was important, right? Um... <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to Shinkalion. Oh. No, maybe not. I don't. Yeah, think... you know, you're right. I don't think Shinkalion gets to sit there with Azura's wrath and Negalobos. <laughs> maybe that's just my personal editorializing there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, yeah. Well, that's we do end with uh, uh, to finally bring the whole thing full circle you know Shinji talking about finding why he thinks he pilots the evangelion which is for basically his dad's approval which is sad but you know sure. again, we, we, we sad, kind of went into detail as to, to all that already but that is the conclusion he's arrived at and kind of a fitting way i guess to wrap up this uh this arc this stretch of episodes uh kind of bringing that all full circle yes but uh, but yeah, with the that was yeah. a, another solid three episodes, I'd say of uh, um, yeah, basically if, the halfway point. If, if you subtract yeah, the kinda... the two, um, because there's 26 episodes, and if you subtract the two recaps, it's basically 24 episodes. So this is basically the halfway point. Um, so I don't know, G, if you want to, right? This being your first watch, what are your thoughts so far? If you want to give any uh general impressions at the moment, sure, sure. I, I, uh, 
I, I I've definitely uh, enjoyed these three episodes. I think I think ten was a little weak. You know, not not bad, of course, but I think ten has definitely felt like the most like conventional ass, like you know, mecha monster of the week episode. Yes, filler. You know, but uh, which which I think I'm actually kind of glad that episode exists because like I kind of want to use that episode like as proof to contrast between episodes like nine and eleven as like. You know, I've been saying that I've been really enjoying this stretch of Ava specifically, you know, because it is a more, you know, it has been kind of a more conventional mecha anime show. But I definitely don't want to give the impression that, you know, that I'm so easily pleased that it being just more conventional is good enough. Like, I'd say I've been enjoying these episodes because, yes, have they been, you know, more conventional like mecha anime, but also have they been more conventional, but also like very well executed, I think is the key here. Like, you know, uh, but especially episodes 11 and 12 where, you know, again, as you said, Jill, I think that like maybe tonally they're beginning to get more introspective and self-serious again. But I do think that like, you know, maybe, you know, especially watching in such a short span of time, like I really do think there's a very notable contrast between like the episodes we're watching now and like the first three, four episodes of the show. Like, like there's a very distinct change in tone and vibe that I think for me personally has worked out for the better. Like, you know, just it has given the show a more like likable identity, I think. And I think it hasn't necessarily lost any of the things that made it good to begin with. Like, if you guys go back to like the first couple of podcasts and the things I was praising, like the things I specifically was pra- I was I was praising those things are all still here in these episodes you know the the attention to detail the the physicality the the examination of the human cost of of the giant robot genre i think that all of those things are still here even with the the tone shift and uh, as a result i've i've definitely been enjoying the stretch of episodes you know um i I didn't mention it. I'll, I'll I'll bring it up one more time because I did mention it last podcast when I feel like this is actually the more relevant podcast to bring it up in. But uh, uh, one more time, episodes nine through twelve were directed by Seiji Mizushima, who would go on to direct Die Guard. And I think that uh, you know, I'm not going to go into that again because I kind of already went into that last time. But it is very interesting to see a lot of that lineage um, in Evangelion, like or or. That that even Gelly would go on to inspire, you know, like because as much as I was talking about like how like I think most mecha creators or writers, you know, took all the wrong lessons from Evangelion, you know, especially you know uh, specifically personified in Gendo and Fuyusuki's conversation in episode twelve, where like I feel like every fucking like you know hack job writer in the anime industry looked at that conversation and assumed oh that's what mecha anime should be from now on, I think. Like Seiji Mitsushima, like showcased like his ability to like tread these kind of topics and then display his ability to continue handling them in later works. At least Diegard, you know the the other notable mecha anime he directed is Gundam Double O, which doesn't really have as much of that. Like at most, the best that could be said about Gundam Double O is like it is a Gundam show that is actually like willing to engage with like how war is as much geopolitics as it is ideological but you know i wouldn't even necessarily say that's a major theme of evangelion so you know i don't want to necessarily like say oh that's the big takeaway from that but 
Gundam's kind of its own weird thing. Like, it is its own weird thing with its own weird conventions, for sure. And and but it is interesting though uh, to kind of see these these episodes in a vacuum and kind of see what they go on to inspire. And you know, again, you know, I don't even think this is that hot of a take, you know, to say that like you know, to, it is interesting to see how these would go on to inspire Die Guard, which I think to this day is still maybe one of the only mech anime that I think had an interesting response to Evangelion. So Okay, but well, have you heard <laughs> of the King of Braves, Gal Gagar? <laughs> you know, I have to admit, I haven't done a lot of research on if there is actually any staff lineage between uh, Ava and Gal Gagar. Like, I know not. you're joking, bro, but like the, the fascinating thing for me, you know, as a Mecha fan, has been looking at an Evangelion, seeing who worked on Evangelion. Like, like both, what did they work on prior to Ava? You know, for example, like Tsuramaki work, having a major role in Pat Labor versus people like Seiji Misushima, like, what did they go on to take from Evangelion? And I think both sides of that spectrum have both interesting and, and and you know, maybe disappointing, like, elements to that story, you know, of, like, what did Eva draw from and what did it go on to inspire both good and ill? And that has been, for me, like, on an academic level, kind of an oh, interesting... Oh, it's only going to get... Uh, Sure. It's only going to get more interesting as interesting. we hit the, the back half here, for sure. Um. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I think my my fear, of course, is as we get you know into the back half of Eva, where we get back into like stuff I'm familiar with through cultural osmosis, we are going to get back into those Gendo Fuyutsuki conversations, which, you know, I'm not really looking forward to that. If that is what you know. The right. back half of Evangelion represents. Ira, how are you? Uh, how are you feeling on the rewatch here at the halfway point? Uh, it's still, uh, it's still pretty good. I don't know. I like. I'm enjoying it, <laughs> and I like seeing the subtle, more subtle character stuff that maybe I knew about but didn't necessarily catch yeah. before. Yeah, and I think I don't. You know, he's um, kind of talked about the the conventional mecha end of it. I don't want to necessarily discount that part of it either as far as like the, the character work, which, you know, even though if it can be a bit on the nose sometimes, um, I think there are some, some good human moments and, uh, you know, themes that they're, that they're working on and, and yeah. some of the relation I, I, I always particularly like Masato and Shinji's relationship, which I think we saw some good stuff in the, the last two episodes here. Yeah. Kind of drawing their parallels and why they're, somewhat kindred spirits at this point right um and i think i've yeah, noticed yeah. again you know going back to my take on this rewatch and kind of my different opinion i think of shinji in 2019 than in 1999 um and kind of <laughs> seeing his character in a more sympathetic light and appreciating things like his relationship with masato more um and not just uh, you know, being mad that he's got no backbone or whatever. Um. <laughs> yeah. Seeing the other characters as well. Cause I feel like when I first watched the show, a lot of my mental energy was spent on Shinji in particular, but now seeing like, as you said, like Misato or Asuka yes. and how their personalities 
I think I think a lot of yeah, uh, if, if there are millennials is, uh, or younger watching Netflix or watching for the first time on Netflix, they're probably going to relate to Masato in some capacity. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, you know, I I I'm definitely appreciating some of that stuff more, and I think you know we, we're talking about this first half kind of being more conventional mecha anime, but it does, I think those elements do help the show have its own unique personality. Like you, you're, you're watching it and you know, you're watching it. Oh, totally. right? Like yes. there's a, there's a, there's a mood to it that no matter what's happening, yeah. whether, you know, they're making somehow making a joke out of Gendo or, you know, they're talking about original sin or like having some other conversation about, uh, you know, whatever it always feels like Evangelion. Yeah, right? I, like, I think, Yeah, I think I think that part is core to its identity. Like like, you know, it, you know, you know, I think everybody knows my feelings about the kind of person who would call conve- who would who would who, who would who would use the the words conventional mecha anime with a tone of like right. condescension. Like I think everybody knows my feeling about those types of people. But when I say conventional mecha anime, I definitely do mean that in a good way in that like that that is an intrinsic part of this show's identity. You know, as much as the episode 4s and such. Like I think it kind of culminates in the kind of tapestry that is, you know, the show's personality and what makes it, you know, the 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 very distinguished uh, show it becomes. Or, or I guess they're using in, the the kind of in, in the formula of a you know, the, you know, some classic mecha anime formulas as like the you know the flesh and bone and building on top of it. Uh, you know, yeah. Like I think, I think you have to tear it down in the second half. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yay! Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm well, I mean, we will being, see. Uh, we'll see. You know, you know I mean, like again, there, but mostly. <laughs> well, um, yes. I, I will always, I will always bristle at the the you know. Yeah. You know, I will always bristle at the the assertion that oh man, Evangelion <laughs> is the complete and total deconstruction of the mecha genre. You know, but uh, you know, I, 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 despite you know, despite my dislike of that that uh, that assertion, I, I, I am of course curious to see like yeah, you know, how this show continues to evolve. You know, now that all, all I can say is uh, Ideon and Devilman were big influences on yes. Evangelion. Yes, I mean, I, look. I am saving you know the yes, yes. I am saving the Ideon and Devil Man like, <laughs> like, like tangents for later in this podcast. Believe me, I got those I know, I know. in the chamber. Like, I, you know, I'm gonna. I wanted to front load this podcast with the good stuff, like Pat Labor and Diegard. But don't worry. Once we get to the end, like, don't worry, Ideon. And, yeah. and Devil Man will have All their right. due. In well, the I spot. think that sets us up for a good second half. Uh, I, I do want to mention. Before we get to our normal housekeeping, I guess this could also fall under housekeeping. But uh, Evangelion is hitting Netflix or scheduled to anyway on June 21st. So uh, this podcast is going out the 10th and the next one will be the 24th. So by the time we get the next episode out, it will be out on Netflix. So um, if for some reason you've stumbled onto episode four of this podcast, (laughs) but plan on watching it on Netflix, please go back to episode one and uh, let us uh, watch along with you. Uh, but uh that'll be interesting to see how that's received part of me feels like nobody's gonna care but i don't know i i i can't i can't gauge 
instead you'll get everybody saying, yeah. "Oh man, I, I can't really the gauge best like in 2019 how many people have and have not seen Evangelion at this point." I mean, I think a lot of people have not seen it, um, but also every time I see like uh, Anime Rex, yeah. I guess for a uh, non-anime, I always think people, of Evangelion as Evangelion the most popular, not mainstream anime of all time if that makes sense i mean we say that but like let's be real Evangelion maybe it was, was 15 like, years ago well i, 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 like I mean definitely in japan i guess maybe globally would for, be a yeah, yeah. more interesting question but i yeah i, I don't have i i'm kind of losing I mean, touch on uh, what the kids are into these like, days so i don't know but uh I, I'm not speaking. I'm, I'm not necessarily speaking to the kids here. I'm, I'm more speaking to the idea that idea that like, I feel like again, this might be my own biases here, but I feel like every single time I read some like you know list of recommended anime, you know, unless it's specifically from a mecha fan, yeah. the well, only I feel like any, anime I feel like any that anime gets fan listed is Evangelion. Seen it, and maybe every anime fan like, over twenty five, but after that, I don't know what happens. You know, like to to kind of you know mirror like you know Eros you know oft complaints about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Like, I would go as far as argue that maybe Evangelion is the the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood of mecha anime. Of like, it is a genuinely it, like it's a genuinely good like piece of work, but it's also one, it is the, the only one that ever gets mentioned the, when the topic yeah. comes up. So, like. You know, if somebody says, hey, I want to watch mecha anime, I feel like Ava is the only one that ever gets mentioned. Or if you're talking to certain crowds, they'll say, like, Robotech. Uh, that's getting... Well, that's a... That's, that's, a fucking, getting into, that's, getting that's a very Uber-ass crowd but, uh, that I, I wouldn't even... <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even uh, deign, anyway, like, I wouldn't even deign um, to deal with to begin so with. So yeah, we'll see how that but, goes with the Netflix release. I'll be curious to the response. But uh, that'll... That'll do it for this this episode, though. We'll, yeah. we'll catch up next time. For sure. um, so for our housekeeping, uh, you can check out all our content mm-hmm. at theglorioblog.com. You can uh, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on all our various sources. So iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, and also on YouTube. Um, you can check out all of our other podcasts, our, our uh, podcast about uh, currently airing anime or I guess anime news or whatever we want to talk about at this point, the Glorio chat also uh, Iro and G do their podcast, legend of the Glorio heroes, which covers the uh, classic, whatever OVA legend of the <laughs> legend of the galactic heroes. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, we, wow, so we actually got through that. That's the first episode of every podcast. Until just now. Yeah, I was, about, I, was, I was about to point out. Yeah, I was about to point out. I think I think I'm we should be uh, praising cheap. myself for straight here. I managed to not make a single reference to is, legendary 1988 Is that, is that part of the deal of me uh, brand, putting the, the pilgrimage, of Mecca to, pilgrimage to Mecca branding at the top of the show? It's, uh, you, you get you get one you get one Legend of the Galactic Heroes yes, reference yes. If you, per episode. If you, Exchange for uh, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> uh, all right, so that'll do it, and uh, let's uh, take care of one last thing here. 
Next time on Neon Genesis Evangorio, we'll talk about episode 13, Lilliputian Hitcher or Angel Invasion. Episode 14, Weaving a Story or Sele the Throne of Souls. Episode 15, Those Women Long for the Touch of Others' Lips and Thus Invited Their Kisses or Lies in Silence. Episode 16, Splitting of the Breast or In Sickness Unto Death and dot dot dot. Oh, and maybe some fan service. 